Before we get started, a word from 3BR, a sponsor of the Review Podcast Network. 3BR Distillery is a producer of unusual craft spirits, featuring a kitschy Slavic punk tasting room at 7 Main Street in Keyport, New Jersey. 3BR's unique Gorovka spirit is made from peas and is an homage to a family recipe, secretly distilled in the USSR. Experience craft cocktails made with Slavic-inspired ingredients in-house. Learn more about 3BR at 3BR Distilling on Instagram or visit the tasting room at 7 Main Street in Keyport, New Jersey. Alright, welcome back to Matt and Mike Green Comics. I am Matt, and with me as always is the man, Mike. Hello, Mike. What's going on, Matt? I am very excited to be here today because uh, it's been a while since we've recorded, so I'm glad that we're back here um, at the stash yep. uh, talking comics. So, uh, Mike, what did we pull off the shelf today? We pulled off The Authority, and if I'm not mistaken, I gave this to you about three months ago. Mm-hmm. This is well before James Gunn had announced that The Authority is going to be on the slate for um, the DC Universe properties. Which I have to give you a little bit of credit here, too, because not only was it another fantastic recommendation, but after reading it and then the James Gunn announcement came out in the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes Fantasy League that mm-hmm. I play in, right? We were, of course, all talking about it. And, you know, a lot of us are comic fans. None of the guys, everybody was like, what's the authority? And I was like, uh-huh, let me tell you about the authority. <laughs> I love that. Right. <laughs> let me swing my... Big balls around for a second, folks. Because guess what? I know this stuff. It's exactly what it was, man. Because I loved, you know, I loved every single page of this book. I mean, you know, Warren Ellis, Brian Hitch, um, you know. So the first thing I got to say, right, and I think you and I kind of talked about this before. Every time I read something by Warren Ellis, uh, him and Grant Morrison also, like, I feel dumb. Like, <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull back for a second. Warren Ellis teaches you. Right. He is an educator. You can, I mean, I don't know what he's like personally, and, you know, and judging from some of the shit I've heard, I don't want to know what he's like personally, but um, he educates you and you'll let you come uh, away feeling smarter. Yeah. However, Grant Morrison really does make you feel stupid. <laughs> he makes you, he's like, you didn't know that you fucking idiot. And you're like, oh my God. God, and it, it's like getting embarrassed in front of your crush in eighth grade. Yeah, he's like that guy in high school that always has, he's always listened to the band before you. It's like, oh, you've never heard of this band? Bro, you know. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I stopped listening to them because I'm so badass. It's like, go fuck yourself. You know, you're <laughs> such a pain in my dick. So now, before we, like, talk a lot about this, I need a history lesson from you. Okay. Because, um, you know, prior to you giving me this book, I had never even heard of The Authority, right? The first thing that I noticed, um, a couple things, was, one, you know, the they immediately allude to Stormwatch and a lot of things that apparently happened, you know, before the events of Authority Book 1. So, like, yes. tell me about that. Because I've heard right. of Stormwatch. I believe it was an image property yes, originally. Um, yeah, here's here. I'm going to give you the. Let's go. Uh, I'm going to give you kind of a long rundown. But when the boys went over to create Image, when they left Marvel, it was uh, Todd McFarlane. It was, um, it was Jim Lee. It was Will Sportaccio. Right? Yeah, it was Lightfield, all those, all those guys. guys. Yeah. Um, and um, Stormwatch was. It was actually a really cool concept, and it was um, 
Oh my god, I forget who did like the initial one. And you know, we had Supreme. We yep. had this whole universe of there were derivatives. They were uh, they took the archetypes and they kind of twisted them and threw them on their ear. Stormwatch is a UN sanctioned supergroup. Mm. Uh, imagine Shield, but with superheroes. Right. Um, like they did with the Avengers. You know, a sanctioned supergroup by yep. government, but this is by all governments. So they had a um, a guy who's up there, and he was he's called the Weatherman <laughs> for Stormwatch, and uh, which is really kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the Weatherman, but um, Henry Bendix was their Weatherman, and he is actually coming back into prominence in the DC universe. Okay, uh, as is Kazin Gamora, who you. Remember from yes. in there, but uh, Gamora is has run afoul of Jonathan Kent Superman, which is really cool because you know it's like an, the old villain for a new generation. Yeah, for sure, which is very cool. So Stormwatch uh, had a bumpy start, and it's we had Battalion, who is uh, Jackson King, right? Who um, would go on and become Weatherman. But and that's later the same on. Jackson in this book, right? That is, yeah, the same okay. Jackson. Um, Jackson King. Right. Who, uh, he, he's uh, telekinetic. Yep. So everyone's got powers, and they're all pretty badass. Now, when Warren Ellis took over, he, um, he shifted everybody around. Stormwatch was this one big unit, and they went down as like a combat troop. Whereas... Um, when Ellis took over, Henry Bendix went a little nuts. Mm-hmm. Threw out all the, the crap. Threw out all the crappy members of Stormwatch. Anyone who wasn't like willing to be Stormwatch 100%. Right. So then he broke them up into teams. There was Stormwatch uh, Prime, which was Winter, who is Nikol- Nikolov, Katamotsov, or whatever the hell is. I, I, <laughs> but uh, he was... Um, he was like uh, Sebastian Shaw in Hellfire. Club. Okay. The harder you hit him, the harder he'll hit you Just back. Absorbing all that he kinetic energy. Kinetic, exactly. And then they had... Um, I always love that power. That's such a great power. Then they've got uh, Fahrenheit, who was the American member, uh, who could control fire. Yep. Uh, Hellstrike, who's Irish, which is very cool. And he's gaseous. He's a uh, gaseous being who, um, like, is made out of lightning. Right. And then there was... Yeah, and he drinks a lot. Yeah, and he drinks a lot. Then there was Fuji, um, and I forget the... uh, I forget her name, but uh, a a woman from Kenya, and she was invulnerable. Uh, Her name was Flint. Okay. And Fuji is... He was a sumo wrestler, and, you know, there was this thing called... uh, It was like a... It turned people into... uh, They call them post-human... Okay, I like that. So these guys, um, that was... Cool designs. Yeah, that was... Uh, st- actually, those are Stormwatch Prime and Stormwatch Red. So they were like the, the two... Um, and there was this other woman, Rose Tattoo. She's murder. Oh. She is the spirit of murder. Oh, that's cool. She's an assassin, and she only answers to Bendix. I like that. So, so she's like the Black Widow of the group. Exactly. Then they had Stormwatch Black, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And that was the core of this, which is Jack Hawksmore. Now, Jack Hawksmore was 
Uh, he's he was um, abducted by aliens. Yeah, I was gonna say that was a question I wrote down. Like, like what the hell are this guy's powers? <laughs> he talks to cities. <laughs> he talks to cities, and um, it's messed up because in this he's actually gotten violently ill. Right. By uh, by being away from cities for too long. Right. He they takes touch pollution. Yeah. Takes pollution in, and he like spits it out. Huh. And uh, they're up at the Stormwatch satellite. They had to get medics in there to make sure that he's you know stays alive while that's, he's debriefed. That's crazy. So it's it's, it's like Aquaman almost, except for yeah. like cities. Like he's exactly. got to be at some point. And he can. Uh, he's a detective, uh, or can be a detective because the cities talk to him. Right. Like the windows. They're like, we saw what happened to that. That I guy. thought was a really cool element. Yeah. In, in the book, like I really so like many that. things, and he can like. It, it, there's no power he doesn't really have. See, that was the other thing I was that I wanted to know because it seemed like he just he was doing a lot of different things in the book, and it was like you know I got the city talking part, but I'm like okay, how is that translating into powers, right? Because there's there's plenty of scenes mm-hmm. you know with classic Brian Hitchart where he's just punching people's jaws off, you know, right? Which is <laughs> really weird, and um, they. I wanted to throw that at you because you're gonna. I'm gonna have you read these two. Yeah. It's, uh, Force of Nature and A Finer World, which are great books as well by Ellis, uh, Tom Rainey, and uh, also by Brian Hitch and Paul Neary. Um, but one of the the selling points for me for the Authority was um, Warren Ellis called the Authority a summer blockbuster, big budget movie in a comic book form. That's what it felt like. And that's exactly what it feels like. But uh, so anyway, Stormwatch Black is Jack Hawksmore. It's, um, oh my God, what is her name? The, um, oh. Uh, Shinlay Min? Sh- yeah. Uh, or I think, but, oh, what is her, her, yeah, her, her code name? Code I forget name is, now. Uh, yeah, I forget what her code she's name is. She's got these is. big sweet angel wings yeah, she's, and like talons. Yeah, but they she could make them fall off. Right, yep. That was really cool. And then Jenny Sparks Jenny and the Sparks, engineer. Yeah, Jennifer Sparks. Uh, but they weren't part of this. Okay. They were a little bit later. But, um, and they're in Change or Die. What's that? Gen- that's another one of these. This, the, oh, okay. And when they do Stormwatch again. Yeah. Which they have to. Yeah. But, um, so, there are the three, um, oh my God, I, I want to say, God, what, not Huntress. It was something really cool. But, um Talon? Was it Talon? Maybe. Maybe Talon. I think Talon sounds about right. Okay. So <laughs> these three groups, they comprise Stormwatch. And then Battalion was like their trainer. Right. And uh, Henry Bendix went fucking nuts. And when he recruited Jenny Sparks, she said, Henry, when you, if you ever lose your nerve when we're doing something, she's like, I want to make a difference in this world. If you ever lose your nerve, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and guess what happens? Yeah. Yeah, that's what happened. And that's kind of is that kind of the reason why she is like the the leader of the authority here yes. coming into it. She is the leader because uh, Jackson King. What happened was Stormwatch uh, met aliens, right? And it was a big ass battle, and aliens took most of these most of the Stormwatch out, except for Stormwatch Black. Okay, so Stormwatch that's Black. What, okay. Stormwatch Black was uh, deep undercover. Yep. Because uh, that's what they were. Stormwatch Black was the deep undercover. Yeah, the Black Ops people. Yeah, they yeah. were they were the wet works guys. Okay, which was messed up because Hawksmore was not a murderer, and yet he casually and brutally murders people in this. Uh, okay, that's because he actually had to take out in Change or Die. He had to take out Rose Tattoo. Right. 
So I think he was inhabited by the spirit of murder. Because his character was one of my favorites in the book because his is the one that seemed kind of like the most conflicted right. almost about things that were happening, you know? Like like Jenny Sparks is very much, you know, trying to be the leader, but she's also kind of fucked up in the head a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, right? Oh, yeah. Well, she's a century baby. Exactly, right. So in, in the authority, in the, the Wildstorm universe, um, there are century babies who... They're, they have specific tasks that they have to perform. Jenny Sparks is to uh, protect the world. Right. Whereas, like in Planetary, Elijah Snow is to um, record the world. Right. The weird events of the world are his purview. Gotcha. Whereas Jenny is, she's there on the front line. So the other thing I need to know... Um which I know you know the answer to this, is right. So this, you know, it, we talked about it came under, originally it was under the image banner. Mm-hmm. This book that I have right here, Authority Volume 1, has mm-hmm. the DC banner on it. And you had mentioned, right, you know, um, Kays and Gamora, who's one of the villains here, running mm-hmm. afoul of Jonathan Kent, right. obviously Superman. So how are we getting, how are these guys coming into, like, DC proper right now? Because Jim Lee owned Stormwatch. Jim Got Lee it. created Stormwatch, Jim Lee created Wildcats, and Jim Lee created, uh, I believe it was a couple of others, which, like, blended in. Okay, so it's that image ownership model yes. where you had Top Cow and Wildstorm, mm-hmm. right, and then the creators owned. Okay, and now that Jim Lee yeah. is back with DC, he's just bringing them all in. That was, like, 15 years ago. He gotcha. came in, and that's when he got his VP of... Um, Right. Publishing. So I have not read. So now another question that I'm just now curious because so, I haven't read. Are they? Was it just? Did they just do like a like a multiverse thing to bring incorporate these characters, or were they like from another Earth? Like how did they actually? Because I haven't read that that chapter of DC, so I'm not sure how that all worked out. <laughs> they did do a couple of crossovers. They did a crossover of um, and, and it was uh, Grant Morrison, right? JLA Wildcats. Okay. With uh, I think it was Val Semenkis art. Oh, okay. I've, Which I've seen amazing. that book. Okay, I want to read that now. If you ever get, well, I, I might have I'm, it. I was going to say, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> I might have it for you. Um, but they they were on parallel Earths. Okay. And if you ever, if you remember Heroes Reborn yes. from Marvel, yes. they crossed over with a bunch of guys from. Oh, that's right, because there was that brief point of yeah. time after Onslaught when they all jumped into Onslaught, Avengers and Fantastic Four, they were all in the Image universe, yeah. technically, right? Yeah, where Captain America had that weird, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the, the um, wings on his yeah, helmet instead of the. That's right. So I weird. forgot all about that. Yeah. Oh, I try, I try to like block that part. <laughs> but I got gotcha. you. Yeah. But I then Jim Lee brought Stormwatch to DC. Right. And which is really cool. I love that. Yeah. So yeah. And now Wildcats are part of DC proper. Oh, that's exciting. So yeah, you've got. Um, actually, I, you've got all of them in there. So you'll you'll have to take me through because I want to go back now and like because I, I, I absolutely like I said I absolutely love the authority right. and I want to go back. I'm going to read this stuff here. I want to go back to like I like to go from the beginning. I want to go back to like page one. You know, Stormwatch. Like, you know, oh I my never, god, that, there's some horrible stories in there. Oh, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm here for all of it, man. You know, like I <laughs> good good, bad, or indifferent. Oh, I'm, I'm a wow. completionist. I like to 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 read it all, man. I've read. I mean, I know you are. I mean, we both read some shit. We you have, know, but yes. just oh you got to know what's going on, right? I got to even this shit has impacts on you know yeah. the rest of the universe. So you you got to read it. Um, but I uh, 
I figured what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, so what, what I was gonna say was like you know I in the I, I read a lot of image stuff, but it was like here and there. Right? Like mm-hmm. I wasn't picking up the books. I was reading like well, it was from Marvel, right? So I was reading I was reading some Spawn. You know, I read some of the Wildcat stuff, right? Like Brigade and stuff. But you read Chapel. Yeah. You read some of the crappier stuff. Like right. I, I read Judgment Day. Actually, when uh, Alan Moore took over Supreme, I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. And yes, there were some like amazingly bright spots that came out of that. Yeah. Uh, Spawn's been continuously uh, printing, and so has Savage Dragon. Savage Dragon was one that I think I read probably the most, and I always... It's been years since I've picked up a Savage Dragon book, but always... Didn't they make a cartoon show out of it, too? They did. They did. It was a Saturday morning, and they made Saturday morning Wildcats, too. I remember that, actually. And was, was Supreme the same one was with... Prime. Who was the guy? Remember the the superhero? He was like super beefy and jacked up, and he had like that V cut thing, and he had that. Um, his power was like that green slime or something that turned him into like a big character. No, oh my god, you're thinking Malibu? Yes, Malibu. That Comics, was. Uh, yes. Oh my god, what was in? Oh, that was. Uh, I thought oh, his name was just Prime or something. That was right? Prime, like, and he it was like he looked like Hyperion. Right, he looked like he had, Hyperion. He had yes. Red hair and. It, his color scheme was golden red. Yes, and he was always drawn like overly buff and yes. just like you know, like he couldn't even move. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like he had a cartoon show too. That that whole world had it's a cartoon entirely show. Entirely possible he did because I was like, oh my god, I, I had aged out, and I'm like, <laughs> oh no, there's no way, no. <laughs> Because, you know, you're like 26 years old, and it's like, bad enough I'm reading comic books. Now I'm watching <laughs> cartoons, too. Holy shit. Well, I remember it was it was like a, when we were kids, when I was a kid, um, it was a, uh, a a treat. You know, like my, my friend, I didn't have HBO. My friend had, friend's parents had HBO, and we'd always go, and they'd let us stay up and watch the Spawn. Yeah. You know, Midnight. animated show, right? Yeah. But you'd have to wait till it was like... Um, Veterans Day or something, yeah. so you'd have the Monday off because it was always on at midnight on midnight like Sunday. Sunday, yeah, it was Damn. super late, yeah, and it was like it was vicious but really good. I'm oh, really yeah. liking it. You can get like Amazon Prime now, probably. Um, anyway, sorry, back so back on the authority. That's why I, lo- I love doing this stuff. So for so what is what is what's your favorite part of of book one here, which is kind of like the you know first twelve, with right? Jenny, yeah, first twelve. It, it ends with Jenny Sparks's death, right? There's four. There's four. Um, individual, more or less individual storylines here, right? right? The first one is Kays and Gamora. The second one is that alternate Earth where the like the aliens are breeding yep. with people and they invade. Um, and then it finishes with the uh, the aliens that are basically considered like God. They were like former inhabitants mm-hmm. of Earth come back to re-terraform Earth, but, you know, their version of terraforming is going to end all life on, right. you know, on the planet. And then it ends with, you know, December 1999, Jenny Sparks dying. So what's your favorite part of this? Um, all of that, actually. No, yeah, right. uh, <laughs> yeah, what you just said. Yes, uh, I love Kays and Gamora. The fact that, uh, yeah, the first four set the tone for everything that follows. Yep. Because you've got this guy who's he's essentially uh, Kim Jong Il yeah. or Kim Jong Un. He's just a dick for the sake of being yeah. a dick. And he's like, you know, you people, um, I've I've made you superhumans. Go wreak havoc in my name, mm-hmm. and they do. They took out uh, London. Yep. Then they take. They tried to take out Los Angeles. They tried to take out Los Angeles. Yep. And they were carving uh, the uh, the Gamora 
Yes, like his, in, in the yeah. planet. Yes, like it has. It's these. It's this ring with these three like I don't know Dots, notches yeah. on it. Yeah, and then when you put it over the Earth, the notches fall on. I think I think Moscow was one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they took London, out Moscow, and yeah. then and then the LA or San Diego, but somewhere in California. Yeah, but you have all these. Um, you've got the authority who are incredibly hyper powerful uh, superheroes. Yeah, who are and and they're like fuck it, we're going to make a better world. Which, and that's part of the problem when you have something like this, when you have the Justice League, when you have the Avengers, well, actually, not not the Avengers so much, but the Justice League. Yeah. When you're dealing with Martian Manhunter, uh, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, and, I mean, for God's sakes, uh, Superman and the Flash. Yeah, right. Those Just those five, they could destroy the Earth in about... 12 minutes? Give or take? Yeah. If so, the flash is running slow. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> uh, they're uh, almost all of them uh, have super speed. Yeah. And, I mean, they could literally destroy the planet in 12 minutes. Yeah. And you've got these people who, they have power levels that are insane. With the Avengers, not so much. Right. It, it's more realistic. Exactly. But they're painting themselves into a corner here when they're like, we're going to, you know, we're going to, if I see you being a douchebag... I'm going to stop you, and I'm going to bring my buddies with uh, with me, and we're all going to fuck you up. Yep. And then we're going to destroy your, your country. And uh, that to me is like, oh, my God. And you've got all the archetypes here. You've got Superman. You've got uh, Batman mm-hmm. and uh, Apollo and the Midnighter, right. who you're going to meet right here in a finer world uh, from Stormwatch. The, they were originally a... Um, a deep cover Stormwatch special ops team uh, created right. by Henry Bendix. He created superheroes. He didn't just gather them. See, I, I love that. I, I love when it's like when you don't have to think about it so much, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, Stan Lee's, you know, famously talking about about why he created mutants because they want to freaking come up with an origin story for every superhero mm-hmm. he created, right? So I love I love I love when when comic book writers do that when it's like, you know, well, it's I didn't fall into a vat of chemicals, I didn't get bombarded by cosmic rays. I'm just there we're creating superheroes. Mm-hmm. Done. He's like, <laughs> yeah, there's there's a superhero in arms race. Yeah. And uh, most of these, they, they call they don't even call them superhumans. They call them posthumans, which I like that. I, I like that term actually. Well, they I like it too because it's a nice workaround. Because DC and Marvel hold the uh, copyright for superhero, exactly, or superhuman. Right, I forget which one it is. Does but. DC hold the copyright for like metahumans too? Because that's a big, you know. Um, I think they just started using it during Invasion. Yeah, because they want it to be different from Marvel. Fair. So yeah. But uh, my favorite part was, you know, he's he's just being a douchebag. Yeah. Just just like mayhem for the sake of mayhem. And he gives every one of them Superman-level powers. Mm-hmm. And they're going up. It's um, – uh, I, I don't know if you ever read the, um, the Great Darkness Saga from the Legion of Superheroes. No. Okay. In it, Darkseid, and I'm, I'm spoiling the shit out of this for you. But it's 40 years old, yeah, so you should have known. <laughs> I think the statute of limitations um, yeah. has expired on that one. <laughs> Darkseid is, uh, he wakes up in the 30th century cause mm-hmm. after like a millennia of slumber. That's where the JSA, uh, JSA is, right, in the 30th century? Or, I'm sorry, Legion. Legion of Superheroes? Yeah. Yeah. And um, he's like, I'm going to recreate the this universe to be mine. Yeah. And so he um, 
he transplants, he transports, then he transports the planet of Daxum mm-hmm. into um, orbit around a yellow sun. Oh. And then he uses his psionic abilities and mind controls every one of them. Oh. And he's like, go do my bidding. Interesting. Yes, which is really cool. But now you've got a planet of Superman. Right, because Daxums get their power from the yellow sun just yeah, like Kryptonites just like, do, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're actually uh, Krypton seeded Daxum. Oh, I didn't know I, that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, they find, they've got their ancestry from Krypton. Amazing. So, pretty cool. So the thing that I, you know, because you, you mentioned it, so I'm going to jump to what I liked the mm-hmm. least about this book. And I don't even say I didn't like it. It was just I kind of wanted more of it. So mm-hmm. that whole concept we were talking about with um, them being, you know, super powered and kind of controlling the narrative, right, mm-hmm. in terms of their superhero-ness, right, where it's like if you don't, if we don't like what you're doing, we are going to come and fuck you up, right, mm-hmm. which is very much like it's like a lighter version of what they did with Injustice, right, with Injustice, right. they went completely off the off the wall crazy. But I, I, find, I found myself wanting a little bit more of, like, the moral ambiguity, like, ethical questions in this book here because even though they, you know, they hinted at it a lot with, like, you know, the authority has so much power what if somebody like somebody needs to maybe watch them right like what if they you know turn on us but a lot of the the majority of the the actions they took you know like when they went back to that alternate earth and totally wiped out the that alien species whatever they were called right and took Mm -hmm. over that earth right i got i got the the feeling of like okay maybe they're overpowered maybe they're just taking matters into their own hands too much but because it was like on another earth i didn't feel the same you know tension like when they took out Kays and gamora right mm-hmm. like it was it was just so obvious like you said like the, the guy was just being a dick for the sake of being a right. dick so i didn't feel that same kind of ethical dilemma when midnighter threw you know flew the ship into you know like the yeah. building and whatnot. and and so it's like that was the one thing i wanted like a little bit more of and honestly i in you know when we get to the uh, volume Two, that's what I got a lot more of in volume two, like when the government kind of turns on, well, you know, the authority, yeah. right? Like, and you saw the, I mean, volume two was, um, that was when Mark Miller took over. Yeah. And I've always said this about Mark Miller's writing. And from what I understand, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Yep. But his writing is just so horrendous. Yeah. I mean, her, like, so mean spirited. So mean spirited. So. I mean, he turned uh, Hank Pym into a wife beater, like a literal, you know, just beating the living shit. And he's, you know, if he doesn't take his um, his Prozac, he's yes. Yeah, no, I, I, I've, I've, I've had this opinion for a very long time, and I always, I have some friends that are like live and die by the Ultimates, right? Because mm-hmm. like, it was so, you know, it was like, for lack of a better term, groundbreaking when it came out, right? You know, right here, exactly, right. But you know, when I, when I go and I read the, the first couple of volumes of the Ultimates, as enjoyable as the overall storytelling is, he just makes every single character such an unlikable prick. Yeah, like even, even like Steve, Captain America. Yeah. yeah, you just don't like him. No, Steve Rogers, <laughs> you're like. Wow, what a piece of shit. Yeah, like you just don't like these people. <laughs> he's he's beating on a mentally ill person. Exactly. So you're like, right. motherfucker, you know? <laughs> and is I I mean, granted, Batman does that on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he goes, he's like, all right, I'm going to go into Arkham and just start fucking kicking all your asses just yeah. preemptively. And yes, you're like, well, yeah. yeah. But- most of the people in Arkham have a body count higher than my IQ. Right, so you don't feel so, as bad no, about it. No, of course not. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, but yeah, and it's it was just like so. And and these people are easily swayed. Yes, in the Ultimates, and that's that's part of my part of my problem with Mark Miller's writing. Even though I enjoyed it at the time, like reflecting back, I was like, God damn, if he didn't take some of the like some of the worst attributes of and um, what they did to the Captain America clone. Oh God, yeah. When Midnighter yes. uh, pulled out a jackhammer. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, what he did was what the Captain America clone did was horrendous on the surface of it as, as well. But it's like, all right, here's an eye for an eye. And when, you know. Yeah. If, if you go for an eye for an eye, then the whole world's blind. Exactly. That I mean, that's like superhero 101. It's yeah. like you don't go an eye for an eye. You find a better way to take the higher road, right? Which, again, that's why these guys paint themselves into a corner when they're like, there is no moral ambiguity. It's what we think um, goes. Yeah. And you've got the, um, um, I'm sorry, there's the engineer and then the uh, the doctor. The doctor, yes. The doctor is a junkie. Right. And he's he's a really bad junkie. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's uh, and it's not even like, Oh, he recreationally, you know, smokes a, a few, you know. Yeah. No, he's, sh- a few he's shooting up for days he's at a time. He's shooting up heroin. Yeah. And they take the the fame mm-hmm. and they, they're like reveling in it, which is just awful. Yeah. Which, which is, it's like, so like, you know, going, it, it really is a stark contrast from volume one to volume two and Mark Miller takes over because yeah. like, all of a sudden, they just feel like really, you know, like Apollo Apollo and the Midnight are probably the only ones that still kind of feel like they're not complete dickheads. Right. With the exception of Midnighter, you know, doing the, the jackhammer thing, right? But, like, they, you know, like, even, like, Jack Hawksmore, like, is all of a sudden just this kind of, like, Tony Stark while he's drinking prick. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's when I think the Rose Tattoo, that's when they... I. I'm surprised that they didn't explore that more. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that uh, Warren Ellis had something in mind for that. Like, he was going to explain that, yes, she is part of him now. Right. And now he is partly the spirit of murder. And which would be cool. Which would have been really cool. You're like, holy shit, that's badass. Uh, but no, they they didn't touch on it. Yeah. Again, never never mentioned a goddamn thing. He's, except he's like, listen, I'm, you realize I'm carrying around a dude's severed head yeah. and I'm going to beat you to death with it right and you're like whoa that's not how heroes act but at the time it, I think it was like 2003 2000 when did it come out 2002 2003 yeah I was like god damn that's that's pretty ballsy right yeah but upon further reflection it's like not only is that it's ballsy but it's like not right yeah it, it doesn't feel realistic in, in a sense mm-hmm. you know um and you know, so I think my my favorite part of this book was the Midnighter and uh, Apollo, because I loved the fact that like early on, right, you know, they're they're hinting at the relationship between the two of them, oh, right, yeah. and then eventually it becomes you know like fully known. But I just I just love I, I loved their dichotomy because so many of the characters I feel like in this um, story 
don't really have relationships with one another, right? It's one of the things they, mm-hmm. they talk about, you know, like Jack Hawksmore is always talking to Jenny Sparks, but like, you know, how you throw in this team together, like we, nobody freaking talks to one another, right? We're just kind of here doing our thing. We work well together as a team, but unlike, you know, the Avengers and the X-Men and the JLA, right? There's not a lot of interpersonal relationships happening with these teams, which I guess is a reflection of what's come before, except for Midnighter and, and Apollo. And they have this really great romantic relationship going on. And it's like, it lends this kind of cool I mean because a first of all you don't see that very often right, right in, in comic books like same sex no, right, same no. sex relationship right um, and especially one between like two absolute freaking badasses oh my god yeah know, like. and, <laughs> I mean um, for those out there who don't know the Midnighter his power is that he runs every possible scenario of a fight in his head before he throws the first punch so every time that he goes up against somebody he is going to win. So, Which is so awesome. And, and talk about a great... Uh, that, it's just an amazing... Yeah, uh, power like, to have. It's like a much better version of Karnak's power, like from the Inhumans, yeah. right? Where he's like, it's a much better version of that power. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Or Batman and Nightwing. Mm-hmm. You know, so... And you and I have talked about both of those characters. We love them, but they tend to get their asses kicked. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They, and they tend to go up against people who are much more powerful. Yeah. <laughs> So, which is again cool, and it's part of the gig. Yeah, that's and uh, one of my favorite lines in Young Justice is uh, when a very young Dick Grayson says, "You know, fighting people who are more powerful than you is part of the gig." He's like, "It's, it's what I do. It's yeah. I train to do this." Yeah, and it's like, "Yeah, that's badass." <laughs> here's a thirteen-year-old here's a kid who goes into. He's like fighting um, Cobra. Yeah, and he's like. I know I'm going to get my ass kicked, but that's what I have a team for. Yeah. So, and you know, you're talking about people who are overpowered and you have two legacy heroes right here with, mm-hmm. uh, the engineer who, uh, got her powers from, uh, the original engineer who she corresponded with. And, uh, this guy, the doctor became, there's a long line. Every, there's shamans in every culture. I loved his backstory. I absolutely loved that element of the backstory. A lot of his, like, self-doubt mm-hmm. about whether or not he could, you know, cut it, basically, as the shaman, right? His, his junkie history, like mm-hmm. we talked about. I loved his backstory and, like, the arc that he went through in this book. Yeah. Yeah. And But I hated what went on after. Yes, I, I agree. Yep. Mark Miller treated him like, hey, he's a junkie, but so what? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it, like it, it felt like such an you know in volume two it, it felt like such an easy, like almost like cheap to to tell that story. It's like oh, he's a jungle. Well, of course, he's going to relapse. You know, it's yeah. like, but like, what purpose does that serve? It didn't. Yeah, it didn't. That part didn't work for me. I, I agree. No, I I would want them to be a little bit more heroic. Yeah, they were very heroic in this one. Yep, they were, and um, I book one, they're reactive. Book two? Yep. They're proactive. Definitely. And it's just um, night and day. Yep. Completely agree. So, yeah, you can, and you can tell. Um, the, uh, I, so we, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Brian Hitch's art. In oh, this dear book. Lord. It's, Cause it's gorgeous. Just like, He's so good. He's just so good. He is amazing, is he not? The way he, so in, in this book, I, one of the things I, one of the reasons why I love getting trade paperbacks um, as opposed to single issues in my adult years now is they have all these, you know, 
bonus stuff in the little bonus yep. features in the back and one of the things that's somewhere in here yeah showing like the sketches that he does in his art process mm. it's like very it's very cinematic his his art process yeah which i gotta say i absolutely love like he always feels there's a lot of big battles that happen here right and they always feel like you're watching you know like an avengers movie in you know you said before like a big blockbuster yeah. that's what hitch's art makes it feel like um, and I just like even like even even when he did, you know, he was my it was my favorite part of reading the Ultimates too. like his art. You know, it's just it, it's so cinematic and so wonderful. Of course. And that's why you get, you know, uh, the Triskelion in um, what was that? Captain America Winter Soldier. Yep. You're looking and you're like, oh, my God, that's just what I saw in my in, in Brian's book. Yep. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. It's How the hell incredible. did he do that? It's like, well. <laughs> You know, they, they had a lot of help yeah. by, with Brian Hitch, for God's sakes. <laughs> and you saw the, you know, the, the helicarrier, and you're looking at it, and you're like, holy crap, that's that's it, too. That's exactly Damn how you. we did it. I, I, just, watching him storyboard is, like, such a wonderful thing. I can't wait for you to read these Stormwatches and tell me what you think. Oh, they are they are next on my list. I got a, I got a reading stack at Fantastic. home. Fantastic. And going right on top. And knock those things down. <laughs> um Force of Nature, then... Uh, yeah, what order do I read in? This first? And then yeah, this the first and then this. But okay. unfortunately, uh, I, these are the only two I've got. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll check my library card. I'll bring them back. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, no. I'm saying these are the only two out of uh, all of the Stormwatches that oh, I have. Oh, wow, wow. So there's going to be a gap. What okay. I would like you to read is Change or Die, because that was... The art in this is a little... Um, it's Tom Rainey, and it's really, really good. I love Tom Rainey's art. Tom Rainey is very, very good. He's not cinematic. Right. His is more uh, sequential, and really, it's it's very well done, but... You know, it's it's there's a contrast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm ex- I'm excited to read it for sure. I appreciate that. Um, you got anything else on this uh, on this bad boy? No, not really. Um, I I love it. Um, I love the first book. Second book, like I said, I loved it when it came out, and then it didn't age well for me. I agree. And that's part of the problem. And and like I said, that's part of the problem with the only book that I never had a problem with uh, Mark Miller doing was Wanted. I, I've never actually read Wanted. Damn. All right, yeah. I'm going to have to get you my copy of Wanted. I, yeah, I got, I got, it's, it's been on my list. I've, I've been reading a lot more indie stuff lately. Okay. Like, I've been getting a lot more into a lot. Like, I, like I was just here the other day, and I bought Astro City. I can't wait to dig into oh my that. God. You know, like, yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll have a great time talking about Astro City. That's going to be on the list. I'm excited. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. But um, Wanted was uh, perfect for me for one reason, and one reason only is because it they already started out as scumbags. <laughs> So I didn't have to like worry about. Oh man, are they going to turn into scumbags? No, they already were. I like that. So yeah, and you're like, and some of his dialogue is really, really clunky. Yeah, I don't know if you ever got that sense. Uh, I'd have to go back and read some of that, some of his other stuff, but not off the top of my head. For me, it's just, and it's, it's very Claremont esque. Yeah, and I mean that in the most. The worst way possible. Well, yeah, because Claremont yeah. is like so verbose, <laughs> you know? but he also like keeps reusing the same thing. Yeah, I'm the best there is at what I do. Nobody talks like that. <laughs> Not one fucking person on the face of the planet. And that's what I. Oh man, I'm and I was a huge fan of Chris Claremont's until I met him. Yeah, and then I was like, never mind, dude. Oh, is he kind of a dick? He's kind of a dick. Really? There are other people like, I loved him. I'm like, yeah. I didn't. I've never met him, but you know, he's, but I, I definitely agree with you on the, the dialogue of, of Claremont, of Claremont. He's, 
his strengths for me were always weaving long, like long form storytelling. Yes, right? he like, was like very so uh, good at, at that. But yeah, his dialogue always was just never for me. <laughs> really. Throwing plot lines out there that could dangle for like six months. Yeah, that was actually pretty cool. But now, like. You can always tell where Xavier's students are by the, the trail of destruction they leave in their wake. It's like, that's a fucking long thing to say. <laughs> that is entirely too many words to come out of your mouth just then. Yeah. So shut up. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, but Miller did the same thing. He's um, in, and I can, I can see it right there. It's, um, it was the, in, in Wanted. The guy whose his name is the killer. Yeah, and, and you can tell he put a lot of thought into that fucking name. Um, the killer was, um, he he was actually like directing uh, a, a gay porn, <laughs> and he's got these two guys, and he's setting up his video camera, and he's telling them what to do, and he's like, dude. Are, are, they're like, dude, are you gonna join us? He's like, no, no, no. He's like, every once, every couple of years, I just, you know, I take a break from, you know, um, heterosexuality, and I just do this. I, you know, <laughs> and he said, you know, and I find that it it allows me, you know, uh, it gives me a greater appreciation of a woman's uh, sensual curves and you know, um, beauteous smell. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But whatever. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do it if you want to. Yeah. I mean, don't don't. You know, it, we don't need an excuse. Just, exactly. Yeah. You know what? I I don't eat hot peppers for five years and then I go on a jag because <laughs> it makes me appreciate the hot pepper. No, just fucking eat eat the goddamn peppers. You know, eat the fried chicken for fuck's sake. Yeah. What I do what you want because you want to do it, not because well. It makes me appreciate things more. It's like, what? Yeah, when you have to justify this, can yeah. stop? Just yeah, stop. Seriously, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. And that's that's when he gets killed. So yeah. we, you're like, all right, whatever. So, yeah, I, I'm going to have to pull that out and give it to you. Cause I, and like I said, there's there's some stuff that I'm like, yeah, you know, during, at the time, I liked reading it. Yeah. Like, I liked The Ultimates, but I was like, no. Hank Pym is that, that whole... He had a mental break mm-hmm. in the Avengers, and it was Jim Shooter who did it. Yeah, and it was an accident actually, because the guy who was doing the uh, the the artwork, it was Bob Hall. Mm-hmm. He read it wrong, and he was supposed to push her away, right? Not hit her, and then he hit her, and Shooter's like, "No, wait, this is actually better." Yeah, so you know, an accident, and I'm like. This is better, Jim Shooter. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Whatever you say. Yeah, they're, um, they're really leaning into that. Our superheroes have to have problems. Yeah, you know, and, and that's <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're they're merely human. I'm like, what the fuck are you th-? again? <laughs> holy shit! Nobody nobody does that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's there's absolutely you know spousal abuse, but yeah, holy crap! Don't don't make my and I I loved Henry Pym. Yeah, I was like Hank Pym is, you know he. He was never comfortable being a superhero, so he was like 15 of them. Exactly. So, loved it. Which is why I always felt that's why we got Scott Lang in the MCU instead of instead yeah. of Hank Pym, because everyone's, you know, that one time he did that, you know, right? I mean, obviously, it was much worse than the Ultimates, you know, but... Oh, my God. Uh, that just, yeah. like, went completely exactly. <laughs> off and the rails in the Ultimates. <laughs> that's that's why I was like... And you, you hit it right on the head. Every 
person in the Ultimates is unlikable. Tony Stark, he's like, I've got a brain tumor, but I'm going to die anyway, so fuck you all. And yeah, it's like, oh, God. oh my God. I know. And um, wasn't Thor... Not a god, but he was a schizophrenic. Well, so they th- that was one of the storylines I never like. Cause I, I kind of stopped reading Ultimates mm-hmm. at some point. Like they they said that's what they tried to say, and then they 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 make you believe that it was Loki playing a trick on them, and mm-hmm. he actually is a god. But then they kind of hint at it later on that he's not. So I I just like I'm like I'm gonna go with he's a god, and it was a trick by Loki. Mm-hmm. Like that was the the whole thing they did. But yeah, even that was like I think for for me I think Hawkeye is probably the the most likable of those people. He's like he's vicious and violent and he's like kind of a dick, but he's like the only one that seems to have like a stable family life outside of you which know, is right? what like, they they brought into the Avengers. Right. And they hinted in uh Hawkeye that um his wife was Mockingbird. Yes, which I dig. I that that see for me Hawkeye was the one uh, the the way that it kind of ended, I was like, because I wanted, I wanted nothing. If they were gonna bring the whole Kingpin storyline, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was just shoehorned in there for him. Like I'm glad Vincent D'Onofrio is back as the Kingpin, like yeah. you know. But hit, having him show up there in that way, I was like, come on. But the, what would have made it better for me is because yeah, they were hinting at that, right? I, like how I would have, I would have given anything to have a scene where you know Kingpin does what the Kingpin does and sends like so he like tracks down Hawkeye's family sends some hitman there to go take care of it not knowing that you know his wife was most likely Mockingbird right like how great would it be to see that scene guys come in with guns right trying to take him out and then you just you she gets out the billy clubs right yeah. and just starts beating the shit like that would have been like Oh, that's the kind of stuff. I'm like, how could you miss that? Exactly. How could you miss that? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah seriously. Such a wasted opportunity. Yeah, yeah and that, that would have been perfect. And that's exactly what the Kingpin would have done. Exactly, right? That's what he would have done. Mm-hmm. Not what he did in the, like, showing up on the street, ripping the car door off, like, making a big scene. Like, that's not the way the Kingpin acts, right? No. He would have sent somebody else to do that for him. Like, yeah. you know, so... Yeah, Hawkeye was a really good show, but there's some elements of it. I was like, yeah, come on, guys. What are we, do- what are we doing here? <laughs> I did like uh, Haley as um, she was a She a was great, so great in that she role. Was a I great can't wait to Kate, see her again. Um, and that the scene, uh, I, I can watch a whole buddy cop movie of her and Yelena that, you know, when they were That like, was so good. It was yeah. so good. I could watch a whole movie of that. <laughs> I love hot sauce. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> Just eating out of the it's so good. Uh, yes. Oh, so good. Oh man! Well, this was another wonderful episode. I had a had a great time as always. Um, I think uh, I think we are. I think you know what? I I just bought Astro City, right? I think next time let's do Astro let's City. Let's do Astro City. We're there. I'm very excited. Uh, well, thank you again, Mike. This is Matt. And Mike read comics. I'm Matt. I'm Mike. We'll see you guys next time.